Welcome to the Growth Circle Podcast. Discussing topics of personal growth, gathering stories of individuals embarked on the path to success, and most importantly, providing a platform for individuals that want to learn and grow. And now, here are your hosts, Jake Ingledew and John Mitchell. Do you have a property that is in rough condition, has tenant issues, or a project that never got finished? Then you need to contact Homelink Properties. This Springfield, Missouri-based company will give you a fair cash offer on your property, completely as is, the same day you reach out. If you're an investor, Homelink Properties can also put your house in front of hundreds of cash buyers so that you too can quickly sell your property. Give them a call today, 417 217- Two nine five zero seven two three. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Growth Circle Podcast. Uh, again, today we're doing multiple recordings, but I've got uh, Lincoln Amstutz. Amstutz, Close. gosh, Amstutz. dang it! Yes, every yes. time. With me as my co-host Back on uh, the pod. today, and uh, we're excited to introduce today's guest. He's got a lot of energy, so I'm super excited about this one. And we're probably mainly going to talk about real estate, but you never know with these things. So, uh, Joshua, do you go Joshua or Josh? Josh. Josh Watson, give us a brief bio of yourself, and then we'll dive right into it because I know you're a real estate investor and you're kind of got some things going on. Sure. Uh, so I'll just start uh, from as early as I can remember. So my my wife basically wouldn't let me invest at first. So I took $500, put it in crypto, ran that up to $10,000, used that to pay for uh, our, ha- our like our furniture. Once I paid for our furniture, that was awesome. Then I uh, wow. then put that money, or then I went and played poker. Once I'm in <laughs> poker, played, and he ended up doing really well in poker, then did stocks, put all my money in stocks back when, if you remember oil, uh-huh. oil was at an all-time low. So I invested in Halliburton, this one called Rig, which is a, uh, um, you know, overseas drilling company. I invest, uh, so I worked in rental car at some point. And when I worked in rental car, there were two options, which was Avis or Hertz. And I decided to go with Avis cause Hertz wasn't ran well from what I saw. Uh-huh. And then Hertz went bankrupt. So I got really lucky there. <laughs> and so then I cashed oh, out all that money and then put it in real estate. And I've been recycling that money in real estate ever since. What a intro. <laughs> intro. Say, one of the like, most interesting people I know already. Uh, <laughs> so you're a gambler. Uh, so you're a risk taker. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, okay, man, I don't even know where to start with this. That I've got a lot of questions. Uh, what were you doing while you're doing this stock investing and gambling? And how much money did you make? And, sure. and so how I'll, did that journey into real estate look like? I'll go through all of it. So basically, like, um, grew up really poor. Uh, since I grew up poor, what's up, dude? Uh, we just had Mike Bowman w- sneak in on us. I forgot to lock the door, Don. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, dude? Good to see you, man. Uh, since I grew up poor, um, one of my friends like told me about poker and I was like, Oh, that's a way I can get rich. This is my way out. I need to figure out. Was how it to Texas Hold'em blackjack? Yeah, it was Texas okay. Hold'em. Love and me so some it, Texas it's all Hold'em. math. Uh, I'll give you the simplest idea of it. So let's say that, uh, you have a flush draw. There's 13 hearts in the deck. Let's say you have two hearts in your hand and there's two hearts on the board. Let's say that there's uh, $75 in the pot and someone bets 25. So now there's a hundred dollars in the pot. So you call 25 to win 125. So you're getting five to one on your money. So that's 20%. 
to hit that flush draw, you're 33%. So you're going to net 13% every time you make that call, mm. right? And yeah. so it's all math. That, he's a smart guy. He just broke it down for he, us. He, it's all math. It breaks down real easy. And I did that for a long time. And I still do it to this day. And, and I keep very accurate stats. I average very high numbers. And I'm really happy with that. Like, are you doing online? Are you going uh, in so person? I play a lot of downstreams. For example, as soon as I leave here, they have the run good going. Uh -huh. I'm going straight there to play the run good tournament. <laughs> I need to join you on that sometime because I love playing. I love playing too, but to I'm somewhere. rusty because it's been a while since I've played. Um have they banned you yet? <laughs> no, no. So you play against players when you're playing poker, right? Yeah. And that's the dream. That's why it's so beatable. Yeah. You're going to make mistakes because you don't know all the knowledge I make, right? Right. Or I know. And so you're going to make mistakes. But mm. anyway, I did that in poker. Once I did that for a while, uh, it was kind of fun. And uh, one of my friends that did poker, he broke off into the crypto space. And he kind of became like a tiny influencer in the space and he did ICOs, if you know what an ICO is. No, tell so me, what is an ICO? There's IPO, which is a, a new company going to market. Well, uh -huh. ICO is initial coin offering, right? Oh, oh so okay, okay. They, they need to raise funding. When they need to raise funding, then at that point, uh, you dump all your money into it and then they'll, they'll now they lock your money, but back then they didn't. Uh huh. And so what would happen is, is we would all pull our money together because we had buying power. Because at that time it was Wild Wild West, uh -huh. and no one believed in crypto. Like we're talking like back in the day, like oh eight. Yeah. Right? Oh um, wow, early. No one believed in crypto, so they didn't have this private institution money. Mm -hmm. So we would pull together like these European guys, me, my buddy, all of us. Well, shoot, you were young at this age too, because I mean, yeah. you're only a couple years older than me, so you're like nineteen, twenty when you're doing this. Yeah. That's and crazy. My buddy, he brought me in. I just piggybacked off him. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. And. He got me in these circles and we just we'd do it and we averaged about three X on return, to be really? honest. Like it was just it was a really fun thing to do. But then once private money started getting in, we no longer got the allocations before it hit the market. Uh huh. So then at that point, I just kinda kept playing poker and the whole time <laughs> my friend was like I was playing video games and he goes, Hey, I can get you a job at Geek Squad doing IT. I was like, Oh, I know a little bit about computers. Uh huh. So I did IT, did that for a little bit. Then I ended up moving my way up to a manufacturing company locally, and I became an IT business analyst. Uh -huh. Started making like really good money as an IT business analyst, and then I decided I just uh, wanted to do real estate because someone I played poker with was like, "You should do real estate. You should do real estate. You have the mind for real estate. You should do real estate." And I'm like, "What's in it for you?" Right? <laughs> I mean, that, that was honestly what I Why? If I don't see your angle, I, yeah, there's I don't a lot get of it. sharks in real estate, right, Mike Bowman? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Mike's in the room. He doesn't have a mic, though. <laughs> Mike is not Mike. Mike doesn't have a mic. Mike is Mikeless. Uh, so, man, how much money have you made doing, like, crypto? Uh, crypto really wasn't that much. I really did that 500 to 10K. Your, your bread and butters. And then exited the market. Right? But that's solid. 500 to 10K. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good run. That, that was good. 20% or 20 times. Yeah, I was really excited about it when I did. That was a lot of money to me at that time. And it showed my wife because I, I gave my wife. I said, "Let's do a, um, let's do a mining rig," and she said, "That doesn't make any sense. I don't want to do that." What do you mean you're just generating money from a computer sitting in a corner? Yeah. And I'm like, "Babe, like this is the future. I want to do this." And she said, "No, <laughs> no, not gonna happen." And so that's when I took the five hundred dollars I had to spare and ran it up. And anyway, so that's where how we got to the real estate part. She saw me make money in real um, crypto. So I make money and um, and poker, 
And then she's like, yeah, sure. If you want to do real estate, go for it. And she doesn't even, the only agreement we have is I've put a thousand dollars a week into the account. Okay. That's, yeah. Pull some back. That's crazy. Uh, just for the listeners, I'm going to share Mike with Mike Bowman. <laughs> he just stepped in. So we're going to bring him in on the podcast. Um, so gosh, man, I don't even know where to start. There's so much stuff I want to talk about. Sure. Uh, I know a guy that's doing the mining thing. He like just recently bought a mining thing and built it. Oh, I wanted to. 7,000 bucks and it's making him 300 bucks a month. Dude. Oh. We were looking into it, the kilowatt hours, uh-huh. and we were looking at to getting solar panels and doing a really sophisticated setup to where you're literally printing money because you take the solar power and generate the power to do the mining. But we decided against it. It was this me is, and this, this guy. Is, I know. I'm I'm in the room with I'm the dumbest person in the room. No way. <laughs> right now, this I'm is dumb. Great. I just this put a lot of time into this. This is stuff, awesome. Right? This is awesome. So. So far from what I'm hearing from this story, the moral of the story is uh, you need to invest in gambling to make your money so you can <laughs> put it in real estate. I don't know. No. <laughs> He's not tell, saying hey, no. Tell that to the kids. Everybody go out and gamble. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the key. Well, were, were you doing like poker specifically like to make money, like pay yeah, bills no, at, at a point? Yeah. yeah, I still do it. Like, uh, right. I'm, I'm not so it's like big money. Here. You're not you're not just going in to make a few bucks. This is like, hey, I know what I'm doing. Here's what I average, but obviously don't share it, but. Yes. So I can't say it on the podcast. I just can look at it. You've got you've got a good hourly. That, I will that, say that. That's since, uh, that's, that's insane. That, that's that's just last year. Really? Wow. So yeah, four million dollars last year. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> We're not gonna say the exact number, close. but dadgum, I I want to play poker with you. <laughs> I don't know if I want to play poker with you, actually. Yeah, well, I want to learn from you. <laughs> I'll watch. It's all fun. It's all just math. That's so all it boils down to. Talk us about like the first, so the first property you bought, how you sure. got into it. So I'm my mentor, and I find uh, her name's Marsha. She's been doing it her whole life. She's from Joplin. And she was like, she played poker with me, and she's like, get into it, get into it. And like I said, I, I didn't see her angle, so I was like, eh, I don't know about that. So I, I'm if I don't see where you're coming from or why you're motivated to do something, I'm out. Yeah. So after about a year of her saying, you should do it, you should do it, you should do it. I finally had enough money where if something bad happened, it is what it is. Yeah. So then I said, okay, I'll go ahead and do it. So we got into it and I quickly realized she just got enjoyment from helping me. Yeah. That's all it was. And so she would drive all the way from Joplin here. Okay, you see this? This is PEX. PEX is amazing. You see this? This means it's 95% efficient. This is 98% efficient. Like, tell me all these things about these, you know random real estate stuff that I don't know anything about. Yeah. And uh, do you have any water by any chance? Uh, I'll work on getting you a drink. You keep talking. And then we did that. And then after we did that for a while, I work. I am just thirsty. Here, I'll get you okay. your own. Um, then after we did that, I met with her and her son. And her son was like a super nice guy. And he already has 30 properties. And he did that in a fairly quick time frame. And, uh, so after he helped me, uh, we went and I, I went to go look at properties and it was taking way too long. I was like, dude, what is taking so long? I have the money. Why can't we buy anything? He's like, you got to be patient. And I said, no, 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 let's go. <laughs> and eventually I found this one over by Buffalo Wild Wings, a four bed, one and a half bath. Oh, wow. And we got it for 90K off the MLS, got super lucky and uh, put 30K into it. And now it rents for 1500 And so that's nice. Uh Home run right there. Mm-hmm. Then after that, I was like, I I, I got a lead on uh, a three bedroom, two bath for 60K route set of Lionsgate. Uh-huh. And I didn't have the money to do anything. And I was like, oh my God. So I start calling people, all my poker friends. 
Hey, you got any money? Hey, you got any money? Hey, what are you doing? You want to make some money? I'll do everything. I just need money. And they're like, sure, sure. So I finally got one to agree. He owned an investment firm here in town. He, he just sold it. And he was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And I said, okay, cool. So we buy it. We put 40K into it. And then we go under contract for 170. Um, took us like three months. Um which was longer than I would like. And I've gotten it a lot better now. But after that three months, um, they it, the appraisal only came in at 140. And so she came to me and they go, hey, can you drop it to 160? And I said, sure, no problem. So we dropped it to 160 and that's what it sold for. Um, funny story, the person that bought it is my current property manager's um, girlfriend. Uh-huh. Small world. I didn't realize that until after. <laughs> but um, then after that, I used that money to... Um, I bought three houses. Um, one was a duplex, and then I think you know about this. What? Uh, the one I bought from Ed Alicia, I think. Uh, so I bought a three-two, uh, a three-one, and a one-one duplex for one hundred seventy-five k. And then Mike was uh, representing the guy, and we talked him down from two hundred. So the key to that deal was the three-one only appraised for thirteen k. And then the three two appraised for like eighty, and then the one one appraised for ninety. So then I dumped thirty k into the three one, refied that, and got a check to my name for seventy eight k, which was sick. Wow! And wow. I was super happy about that. So, so were you getting into real estate just because hey, somebody told me to? Let's just see what this is all about. Was it like for the instant cash? Let's make some money. Was it for hey, this is a long term investment, passive income? So like I I play poker and I still actively play poker, but um, is that your full time job, poker? <laughs> I mean, more or less, yeah. Love it. That's I love it. So you're not? Are you? Are you working any other job right now? Are you full time no. real estate and just playing poker? So I, to be honest, I haven't played much poker this year. Um, mostly real estate now, but it, nice. I play poker for um, income and real estate. That's it. That's crazy. And and how many units? How many units are you at right now in real estate? Uh, I just closed yesterday on uh, house number eight. Wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. Over half a dozen. That's big. Congrats. I did that in um, a little. A little over a year. Um, I'm, I'm kind of upset because my goal for uh, a year was five, so I, I beat that. But my goal for the end of three years is to have 30, and I think I can do that. Oh, and that yeah. would be my goal. Totally, 100%. It's yes. crazy. It starts supercharging. And if you have good uh, friends and mentors that say you're being a kind of a pansy and not focusing on it, it helps. Huh, Mike? Uh, <laughs> to answer your question, uh, so I was originally doing this too, and John uh, and John poker was kind of like poker <clears throat> continues to get harder because there's more and more knowledge that gets out, and as it gets out, the learning curve and your your edge becomes smaller mm-hmm. and smaller. And so um, I saw it as more of like a retirement option and something to have long term to have stability mm-hmm. um, as things continue to get harder. And hopefully, and now I kind of like see it more as my future than poker was. Um, so I really enjoy that. And so that That's was my crazy. Goal. You don't meet too many people that are like, oh, my career path is gambling. Well, <laughs> it's like we're in Ocean's Eleven or something, you know? <laughs> this is awesome. Well, before that, I was doing, uh, I, I, like I said, I did IT, and I, I dropped out of high school, right? And so I worked my way up in IT all the way to like being a business analyst. And I'll just say I, I was making 80K. I was very happy making 80K. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, Especially for uh, around here, that's, a, that's really good money. It really mm-hmm. bothers me to ask someone, hey, can I go on vacation? Hey, can I go pick up my kids? Hey, all this stuff. So I kind of... Um, just decided to do my own stuff. And you may have already covered this uh, before I stepped in the room, but do you play Texas Hold'em? What do you like to play? Uh, what, uh, there are different types of poker, Yeah, there, there's absolutely different yeah. types of poker. Uh, 
I like playing whatever I think I have the biggest edge in. Um, okay. So, for example, like, I'm not the best Texas Hold'em player I know. Um, but I won't play against the best Texas Hold'em players. Um, not because I'm scared of them or anything like that. I just I just like to feed my family. I like to make money, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So if I see, like, like I'll go to Downstream, and they, they run a 2-5 game every Friday and uh, Saturday. And on Tuesday, they run a 5-10 game. The 5-10 game is huge. Like, $30,000 quickly exchanging, mm. not a big deal, right? Um, I, the 5-10 is too big for me. I don't. I, that's too much for me. So I'll play the 2-5. But all the really good players will go play the five ten. So hmm. then I get the not as good players in the two five. The beginners, kind of the novice, that, well, or that they're not beginners. That because that there's a step below that, which is the one two. But I'm just uh, I can I like that that player pool better than I do the five ten. Mm-hmm. Still more money moving around than the one two, but right. not you know exactly. you're not facing a skill set that's too difficult. Right, exactly. That doesn't give you the edge. And so, uh, or like some of these Texas Hold'em players, sometimes they'll go play what's called Omaha. Omaha is the same thing as Texas Hold'em, but you get four cards, and they're not as good at Omaha, but I'm pretty decent at Omaha. Like, I'm a pretty well-rounded, so I'll go play them in Omaha, because then now I have an edge, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm just very careful on where I play and what I play. So just out of curiosity, where did you learn how to play poker? Like, where did oh, the skill set so come I got from? Super, I got super lucky. So the guy that I told you that got me into the crypto, he taught me he taught me poker. And uh, one of the guys that was also... So we would get on a call. I work, When I told you I worked for Geek Squad, mm-hmm. so we worked from home every day. And when we worked from home, we'd sit on a Skype call and we'd play poker, right, while we worked from home. And go. we'd share a screen and look at it and go over strategies, right? Well, one of the guys that I played with, he's actually on Team Poker Stars right now. His name's Spraggy. Um, and he was on there, and we constantly played together. He was cool. He was awesome. And so that that's who I learned from was, like, Spraggy and then my friend Matt. And we would all play together, and uh, they just taught me what I need to know. So that, that's kind of how I learned. So you kind of have a strategy mind. I'm assuming you've... I'm just assuming you're probably a guy that's always been into like board games or different games because yes. you're a strategy mind. I yeah. can tell. Yeah, I play video games all the time. Okay, cool, cool. So, uh, <laughs> what does the future look like for you? Like, what are what are your goals for this year, and uh, what are you hoping to accomplish with real estate? Um, so, by the end of the year, my goal was to get 20 houses, but with the market cooling off and the banks changing some like regulations, which is going to be so. This house I just closed on yesterday. It's going to be the first house I'm going to leave money into, and it sucks, and it makes me sad. Um, I've never left money in a house. Uh, I've always made money, um, and every house I have, I make sure at least cash flows, uh, mm-hmm. at least like 50 bucks a month, but I'll take as much money as possible, um, but I, won't, I make sure at least cash flows $50 a month. So um, can you break down that kind of the strategy or setup for that of how you are not leaving money in these deals most of the time? Sure. So... Uh, I actually have some numbers on my phone. I'll pull it up, but we'll use the 175 for example. Um, I think. Hold on, let me pull up my notepad here. Well, wh- while you're pulling that up, I want to talk about that a little bit because uh, my mentor Mike Bowman here, uh, he tells me that I need to pull out ca- as much cash as possible on every deal. Amen. So, yeah. so <laughs> I want to I want to discuss this a little yeah. bit too. So my mentor, uh, he he's currently taking out more money than what he can support with his rent payment. And I'm I'm against that. If it doesn't cash flow, I'm against it. But he's like, man, imagine what I can do with this hundred k. And I am like, dude, you're losing like hundred and fifty a month. I was like, I won't lose money on a deal. And him and I have been back and forth on it. And I if it doesn't cash flow, I'm out. All right, keep this in mind. Okay, I'm listening. So let's say your friend he pulls out too much money because the appraisal came in too high on his refinance. Right. So this is a little more in depth for some of the listeners. Maybe you've done it. Maybe you've heard your friends do it. You refi out of a property. So. 
maybe you're losing money today because you're a hundred dollars underwater on your monthly payment as opposed to the rent um but keep in mind that loan is fixed for three five or seven or ten years depending on what type of commercial rental property bank loan you had so over the next five to seven years your bank payment is not going to change but over the next five to seven years your your Rents. monthly rent will go up every year historically it's gone up and and you know sometimes it takes a dip but over the last yeah. 50 years the rents are way higher than they were so you know you may be losing money today but it's you know cash in your pocket today to go reinvest and i did the same thing so um we've talked about it on previous podcasts and stuff but um, I, you know, I totally maxed out every single um, refi possible my first few years in real estate to, to get the ball rolling. Even, even it's a huge snowball. I was losing money. I was losing money every month because I was in the hole on my bank payments, but it catapulted me and had cash. So, so anyways, different people have different things, but I think the rents will go up, and if you and your bank payment will stay the same for a certain amount of time. That's what my, yeah, that's what my mentor said. Same concept. Yeah, I, I'm just. Uh, because I, I, he's single, and I don't know if you're single or, or I th actually know you have a family, actually. Um, with me having a family, my, my rule is it has to at least, like, I don't care if it's making 20 bucks. But, and I take out, uh, I take out 25% um, off the top on everything, right? So what I do is uh, on a deal, and I think my numbers aren't conservative enough. So I let's say that um, rent's 1100 I take 25% off the top, 5% for... Uh, capex five percent for uh, maintenance ten percent for property management and then um five percent for vacancy now the capex might actually is probably closer to eight percent right uh -huh. or ten percent um, but since i'm rehabbing the entire thing i think i can get away with five yeah for sure and then i take 120 off the top for um insurance and taxes and then my mortgage and whatever i'm left with that, is what I'm that's left probably with. the smart way to do it i i want to go back to that concept though of pulling all the cash out because mike i I'm like you because I have a family and I'm like, dude, I need cash flow. I harassed him a lot. And we're back on. Uh, so what I was going to tell you is, so I bought a house for 55000 didn't need anything done to it. I mean, it's pretty much turnkey. There was already a tenant in it. Um, I So that appraised for 104000 And uh, Mike was like, dude, get all the cash out you can. So I, I got a check for over $24,000 on that deal. Above what you had in it. Above what I had in it. Where I made the mistake though, which it's still in the grand scheme of things is not a big deal, is I'm negatively cash flowing like 110 bucks a month. So it's like, I don't know, $1,300 for the full year or whatever. Uh, so I'm out through the $1,300, but that $24,000 has helped me buy two more houses already because of that. And it's only because I didn't up the rent to market value because the tenants were clean and I just have a heart, I guess. And so I only upped it by like a hundred bucks extra. I'm tough on that. Yeah. So there's an old lady in, in the one, one duplex and she's paying three eighty five a month and she takes such good care of the unit and the rent, the market rents like 600. Yeah. And I don't know what I'm going to do yet. <laughs> Dealing with the tenants is the toughest part, like raising rents, moving them if you have to. It's just difficult because they're there. You know, A lot of times they've been there a long time or they take great care of it. Yeah. Because she takes great care of it. But I got uh, a property manager actually through our deal that we did. Is it Russ, right? Yeah, Russ yeah, is Russ, the man. Very, very good guy. He's the man. If you ever come, if you're listening to the podcast and you come to Springfield, we will hook you up with good property managers. Ru Russ is awesome. So... Um, 
I switched. I, I was using a different property management company with uh, the one property I told you about over on um, by Buffalo Wild Wings on Medical mm-hmm. Mile there, and uh, I, I did this deal with him and got Russ or whatever. And Russ ended up making me a deal. He's like, "Hey, I'll rehab your properties. I'll deal with all that crap." And he does it for a really good rate, super timely. He says, "I'll do all this. You just have to let me manage your properties." And I said, "Deal." So does he? He has his own property management company. Yeah. How many people? What's a staff like? So it's him and then two guys. Really? <laughs> two so guys that are like his. He's hungry and trying crew. to grow. Yeah. He currently he has like uh, ninety houses, I yeah. think, but a lot of them are like um, overseas investors. It's like Chinese people or yeah. something, right? Asian, Asian yeah. people. Because he, um, Russ, this property manager, we're kind of going on a tangent. He speaks fluent Mandarin. Mm-hmm. He's a very smart, very clean-cut guy. So we'll have to show him this episode because we're talking so many good things about him. But he speaks Mandarin, so he has lots of clients that speak Mandarin. Russ is awesome. Very you, cool you need to connect me with him. No, he's awesome. Yeah, he. That's why I told you. Like I've automated everything. Like he he deals with the with all of my construction stuff. I just go to him. I'll go. I check it out. Verify the receipts. Make sure. Every, so I have an assistant, an accountant, and I have him. Mm-hmm. The accountant checks his receipts and make sure it rounds my assistant checks his checks his stuff and they all just kind of balance each other right so i don't do anything yeah. i've automated the whole process and this is for the actual property rehabs as well or the, the rehabs everything the only really? thing i do is get the property look for the deals get and, them. The, and then outside of that he i have everything else automated where i don't have to do anything and everyone checks and balances each other's email sent they all they're all on top of it and i don't have to mess with it that's awesome there's gosh there's so many different directions i think we could go with this uh how did you create your systems? Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. And then let's talk a little bit about the pros and cons of real estate investing. Sure. Um, so did the systems just because like that's what I naturally do. So I was an IT business analyst, right? So really my job for a long time was to find find flaws and processes and refine them to where they flow very smoothly, right? That was my job. And now I basically just, and so I like automating things because I like having my, like the most valuable thing, I don't care about money, I really don't. I don't care about anything besides like one-on-one true genuine interactions and my family and my time. That Those are the only things that really matter to me because I think like, I've never had trouble getting money. I'll find a way to get money. I don't know how, I just will. Like my wife doesn't seem to understand that sometimes. She'll come to me and she'll be like, how are you gonna figure this out? I said, I don't know, I just will. Yeah. I don't know. But um, so I automate all that. Now the pros and cons to real estate, I haven't noticed any cons to it. It's fucking, it's easy. Uh, Like from what I see, like you just go out there, you do consistent things every day. Um, As long as you're doing the consistent things, sometimes you have to have tough conversations. Example, there's an old man. So one of the deals I got, um, one of my friends calls me. He goes, hey, he he, he owns a heating and air business. He said, this guy is behind on his payments. Uh, Here's the information, call him. So I call him, I go, hey, bud. You have a you have a house. How much do you owe on? He's like, oh, oh, like fifty. I said, okay, I'll come look at it. So I go look at it, look around. And I said, okay, so I do something that's really bad for a business, and I will pay the most I can pay, um, and still get my money back because I want to do what I feel is fair for them. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any negotiation. This is my price, and that's terrible. I don't know. I kind of like that approach. Lincoln and I were talking about this the other day because I hate playing that game. Yeah, I don't play negotiation. It. 
It, Jake, Jake is lying. He plays that game with me all the time. <laughs> Only because, because you're Mike, a salesman, yes, though. Yes, because Mike is the best you're a salesman. Yeah, yeah. Mike is the no, best I've heard. I, I've never dealt with you directly, <laughs> but from what I've heard from hearsay. Oh, no. Hearsay, oh, no. Words you're, out. Oh, no. You're a salesman. So, like, with you, I would be extra, extra firm. I'd be like, this is where I'm at. And then you'd come to me. I'd be like, no. This is it. This is where we're at. Take it or leave it. And you'd be like, like, no worries. I got a bunch of buyers lined up. I, I, sounds go. great. Go get them, buddy. Hey, there's plenty of houses. Thank you. You have a great day. Like, I would be so firm. Like, especially, like, no offense, your reputation of being, like, a salesman. Thank you. I would be the most firm person you've ever met. Yeah. And there is no leeway. Like, I would, you, even if I had doubts, you had me doubt, you would never know. I would be the most firm person you've ever met. So, so you adjust to the situation you're in. Yeah. You, you, you can figure out, kind of read the people, see what they need, and go for it. We always pick on Mike in these podcasts. I don't even think we pick on you. Yeah, it's because Mike's a baller. He's, he's just, just Dude, dunking I'm, on I'm all of us. I'm just barely getting by. I'm going paycheck to paycheck. Okay? Yeah, I hear that in every conversation with him. Dude, that's the best thing to say. Uh, so old man, I, so I, I make the mistake I always offer the most, right? Um, so I go and I look around and I say, oh, it's, it needs some vinyl plank, needs some paint, needs some touch-ups, some new fixtures. You know, it'd probably cost me 25k to do all that. A couple bathroom remodel, rip out cabinets. You know, things that that I know my guys can do for about 25k. Needs a roof. Um, roof list does it. You know, four or five k, cheap as crap. Um, so I look and I say, hey, the most I can pay is 73. I know it'll pay us for about 130, right? Mm-hmm. So I say, hey, the most I can do is 73k. He says I'll take it. Um, I check. He hasn't paid his payment since March of last year. Um, so I call Andrew. Actually, I'm like, hey, Andrew. Um, I need to pay off the bank, but I don't want to give him this money because I need him to get out. So Andrew sends me an addendum, and the addendum basically says, hey, you have 30 days to get out, and the title company is going to hold this money, and then when you get out, they will then I will go sign something, and they will release that money that's to you. That's smart. And so uh, that that's kind of what I do. I kind of for, forgot why I went on this tangent. There was mm-hmm. a very good reason for it, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where are you finding your deals? Are you just... Networking with people and 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 looking around, or is five, there a sp- certain spot? Five out of so five so FSBO on Zillow Fire. Um, for example, one went for sale for twenty six k at uh at like eleven thirty. I had it under contract at eleven forty six. Right You're on it. Yeah. Uh, I I then called Andrew and sold it to Andrew um, for forty k. Originally he offered me fifty, but I sold it for forty, and I got two months rent out of that because they had renters in there. Wow. Um. So like FSBO by Zillow. MLS is actually where I got the bulk of my deal. I got five of my seven deals from, or so I've done, not the wholesale deals. None of the wholesale deals have I gotten from MLS, but the ones I've kept because the margins are smaller, um, they are, I've gotten off the MLS. And then two, I've gotten just, uh, I don't know. Hi, how are you? So right. how many transactions have you done? Because you said you have eight rentals, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so long-term, but you've done more transactions than that. I've probably done like, not a lot more, probably like three wholesaling deals on top of that. But uh, I hate wholesaling, not because it's a pain in the butt, but I like holding, right? Like yeah. I, I told myself when I got started, I'll never sell, right? As I say that, I have two things I'm selling right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, and you've heard it from other people too. The buy and hold guy always wins. The guy who buys and holds is the ultimate winner. Yeah. It's nice to have quick cash if you flip or you wholesale or do something, but the buy and hold guy always wins. I mean, it makes sense if you're a flipper and that's your like source of income, like John's is. Like, so he's constantly having to do deals because that's a source of income. But if you're playing poker and that's your income, like then you have more flexibility to be like, no, I don't need to. Well, flip. my wife just... has a good job too. She's like almost like a sugar mama, dude. She <laughs> makes like a she makes like seventy five k. She's a dental hygienist, right? And so 
she does that, and then I. I mean, she's pretty, like I said, the, the agreement is I have to put a thousand dollars a week in our joint account. And she doesn't like seeing the swings of the ups and downs. Like, um, I can literally go and lose $10,000 and it's gross. It feels so off. Feels like you got in a fight with Mike Tyson. Right? It's <laughs> terrible. Um, but then when I win a lot too, like that's good too, but she doesn't want to see that. that. That makes her sick seeing those up and down. So I keep everything separate, not because I'm trying to hide it. She doesn't want to know it. Yeah. So the, the rule of thumb is I just put a thousand dollars a week into the account and we're golden. Now, lately, I've kind of slacked on that because I've been throwing more money into real estate, and she hasn't cared. Um, so I'm waiting for her to come to me and be like, where's that thousand? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the deal? <laughs> yeah, but you're the risk taker. You're the one that's going out. She's you're super good. Whatever it is, right? It's crypto. It's poker. It's it's real estate. You're out there to make your the money work for you. Yes. And, uh, yeah, she's there to consistent income and keep that going yeah my day-to-day is like i kind of just wake up and do what i want when i want and like it's I, i'm able to do that because i have an amazing wife right and uh if i didn't have an amazing wife like it would be completely different but because like like she supports me and she's just seen me have success along the way and every step of the way that now she just blindly trusts me which could be a mistake <laughs> and I, i've made that very clear to her i'm like we are we could be at the top of the market now worst case scenario is this best case scenario is this if we make it past five years we'll never look back that first right. five years the most crucial part and i've kind of explained that to her and i said because all my stuff i can't speak for you guys are on five-year balloon notes right so after i get through that first five-year balloon note on those i'll have enough equity enough principal enough appreciation enough uh, you know, all rental, you know, everything mm -hmm. that I'll never look back. I promise you. But that first five years is going to be very, very sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit of a grind. It's testing the waters. It's what's the market going to do. Am I going to be able to pay the mortgage with this rent? It's, it's all so of that. What do you got? Well, you don't have to answer this. I'll tell you what I do. Um, I keep six months to a year in reserves for all my mortgages and it just sits there in an account. I just sit yes. there and look at it and say, you should invest it. And I don't. Right. What yes. do you guys do? I, I like that you said that because <laughs> while you might get really close and you're only cash flowing, you know, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, it's nothing crazy. You're still being safe overall with what you're doing, your investments, because you're setting aside these reserves. So some might say, well, why are you maxing out your loan? You're taking too much out on this property. You're you're you know co combating that by setting this aside. Yeah, I have. If you if I I wouldn't do that if I didn't have reserves, but that reserves allows me to have like. If I see a great deal, I can act, right? Or if crap hits the fan, I can act, right? And I, I have decent relationships with the bank. Like I said, this most recent one I closed on at a 106, and I kind of, the bank changed their policy from, they, they did uh, cash out refis up to 85%. Now they only do 80. And so I ran my numbers on that 85%, and this is gonna be the first house I leave my, there's other banks in. out there that will still do 85. Well, we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for To answer your question, I am not the best example with that part because I'm trying to, any money that I make out, as long as I've covered my, my I'm living paycheck to pay, paycheck like Mike Bowman, uh, <laughs> because anything that comes out of the expenses, anything that's extra, I'm using it to try to buy more real estate and just try Same. to supercharge. So I'm not really setting aside like I feel like reserves. I go broke. Well, see, I, I do have the reserves though. See, but... I'm not even setting aside reserves, which I know that's probably not the smartest thing to do, but I'm. But you have your business, at I, least. but I do have my right? pest control business and a lawn mowing business, which is you know just started, so it's not really making me the cheddar yet. <laughs> I mean, still, I mean, as long as you have like your business and you're willing to pull from that, it's not terrible. In my opinion, it's not terrible. Me, on the other hand, like, um, 
this is what I got. And tax time's coming. Like, I, it already passed. I filed an extension. But my accountant could call me tomorrow and say, you owe $30,000. And I'll be like, oh, my God. Okay. Mm-hmm. And write a check out. and then be very upset, right? Yeah. I, and I know you can extend it, all that stuff. But I, I just pay it. I, I hate owing. I just recently learned that. I didn't know that. And I didn't know you can make payments. Yeah, no, you absolutely can. I, yeah. I learned that. the government charges you interest. Yes, they do. But it's very small. <laughs> <laughs> I always pay it because I hate... I, so... I, the only things I owe on, so I got my money, I got everything. I don't owe on my cars. All my cars are paid off. The only thing I owe on are my houses. That's it. No other debt. Um, and I do that because that gives me freedom to yeah. move my money as is. But I don't have any consistent money outside of me going to play poker and, you know, and, your and then my mama. real estate. And my sugar mama. <laughs> yeah, my sugar mama. <laughs> yes. So you are... Well, I just completely lost my train of thought. Hey, wait, Lincoln, uh, what's your reserves look like, man? Because obviously when yeah. you own property, you got to have some type of reserves. What's your reserves look like? I'm, I'm a little bit more on the cautious side. So I like to have at least 20% equity and everything. I'd really like to get that up even closer to 30, just with the uncertainty out there. Um, and then I do set aside... It's not necessarily each property has a set amount. I just have like a... a you know, set amount of reserves in general for, you know, all real estate, but it, it would probably be similar to that six months to 12 months uh, per property. See, and I, I thought about, so I, I'm leveraged. So I, I just did a, one of those things for the banks I hate doing. And what is it? Personal called? financial statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take you like two hours. Yeah. It's, I hate them. They're miserable. I, I try to get my assistant to do it, but then it's just as much work to send my assistant all the information <laughs> as to do it myself. So anyway, so, uh, I have, I, when I did it yesterday, I just did a million in real estate owned and uh, my debt was 800K. So I, I have 200K in equity, but the thing is, is I freaking, I really want to, like, I'm not even worried about being 80%. My goal is to hit, I want to hit 50 and then I'm going to try to get them all down to 50%. And then I'm going to start focusing on acquiring. But at yes. 50, I think my wife can stop working. And so, my goal 50 units yeah 50 units 80 or 20 percent equity give or yeah. take and yep. then okay and then and, and then down. i'm gonna focus on pay down because like i think at that point i'll have enough to where like my wife won't have to work and then we can have her freedom too right because like if i want to go on a nice vacation like she has to ask someone hey can i go on vacation right that's not fun like we were talking about the other day i was like i want to go on a cruise and i was like i might go i'm gonna go with my friend and she's like i would love to go i'm like you can't right yeah yeah and it sucks because yeah. she can't no and it just sucks. And so that that's that's the whole reason why I'm yes. even trying to grow. Well, and yeah, there, there's always a time for it because you can be super, you know, aggressive with it and not, you know, you don't need to have as much reserves because, you, hey, you're just trying to grow, grow, grow versus, you know, maybe you're you're in it for years and you're like, okay, I'm going to pull back a little bit, be conservative. And of course, it depends on the market too, but there's no right or wrong way to do it necessarily. It's all about your risk tolerance, yeah. how fast you're wanting to push it. No, I agree to all of that. Like, you can take the slow and steady course, and you, I, you can have a hundred percent success rate. I believe that. I don't think if you take the slow and steady, I don't think there's a way you can fail if you do it the correct way. Uh, the problem is, I want to grow really fast, right? And that, right. that's where like the first five years get sketchy because yeah. I'm just trying to grow like as fast as I can. Like, I, I think at the end of this year, my goal was twenty, but I'm starting to like. So I currently have two properties I need to do rehabs on, and so my cash reserves. Are, are slim and I got to pay for those rehabs. So I'm going to slow down and then take that and I'm going to sit back and try to analyze what I want to do next. If I want to continue aggressively growing or not. And so like our cash flow question, right? So on Clifton, after everything, I'll make $444 a month. Uh, it's a house on the Northwest side, but, uh, if I refinance it, I'll get a check for 50 K. Um, 
and I'll have stuck in it a little over 30 K. Right. So I'll make 20 K and when I refinance it, I'm only making $35 a month. Mm-hmm. And so cash flow monthly is freedom, right? But you can use that money to grow. So obvi- if you if you do 444 into 50K, it's almost seven years, right? So I'm just gonna go ahead and refinance that every time. Yeah. So what, what would you say to somebody that's like, you need to be cautious about being over leveraged. Even people that are investing, they, they say, oh, you don't wanna be over leveraged, um, but you hear other advice that people are like, just max it out, man. Go go balls to the wall. It's all your risk tolerance, right? So my how I evaluate every single thing I do is I look at what is worst case scenario. And my worst case scenario is I go get a job, right? My, my best case scenario is I keep doing what I'm doing right now. I'm okay with that. Um, so evaluate your worst case scenario. Make sure that you and the people around you that it affects are okay with it. Once they're okay with it, you're good. Yeah. That's what uh, Mike's helped me to see that a little bit. It's like worst case scenario, you sell everything off and most likely pay off most of your debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you just start over. Cause you, at, you get to a point where you like, you know how to get money. Like yeah. you know how, where to go. Like you have your resources of where to get money so you can do it all over again. Yeah. And maybe this time you're, maybe you're more conservative or whatever. My wife, me and my wife discussed moving. And at this point I have a awesome network here in Springfield, like from everywhere. I'm like, man, that network has to be worth something. I can't leave. True, true. You got to stick with the people you know because the network is huge. I mean, yeah. it probably helps you, you know, sometimes find deals or your contractors, it helps your managers. Me I mean, yeah, it's it's if crucial. my property manager left tomorrow, I have someone that I, that I know I can go to for every part of my rehab. Now I, I become the GC instead of my property manager, but at least I can get it done. Where like if I move, I'm just trying to redo all of that, and there will be pains growing. You know, yeah. I'm yeah, good. my wife actually, we were talking about it too, because she's like, uh, well, what if we lived in Hawaii part of the year and stuff? Or, you know, but I, I my home base will always be Springfield, but just because of the connections that Agreed. I'm making. And, and and it's still small, but it's growing. And like, seriously, your your net worth is your network, seriously. Because it's, I think that's the probably the best skill as an entrepreneur is being resourceful. And usually that lies within your how good your network is. Yep, I agree. Yes, yes. I was going to ask uh, you specifically, is there a certain type of property or location that you look for? Or is it just, hey, is it anything that makes sense with the numbers? You know, if it's a deal, are you trying to move into different types of properties? I like north of Kearney is viable for me and south of Sunshine. I hate everything in the middle. Mm. Um, with that said, I own some in the middle and I want to sell them. And they're for sale if anyone wants them. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So you can. Yeah. You have some zones that you're good with. Others that you try and stay away from. Right. I think that's smart. Uh, I. So I, uh, I. I really love South Side. Obviously, it's really hard to find something on the South Side to uh, cash flow, but uh, I just try my best to keep throwing darts until one lands. Right. Right. And then yeah, just a lot of things help when you get those good locations. You're gonna get better, better tenants. Renters, yeah. Yeah. And 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 rents in general, uh, appreciation on the properties. The the things that you're you know, looking for, you can sell it with. quicker if you need to sell it. Exactly. A lot, lot more flexibility with that. Right. Like yes. there's a lot of things with that. Right. What, what do you feel like has led to your success so far, uh, with real estate investing? My mentors, all of them for sure. Guaranteed. Like I, I just had great people around me. Right. Like I had an amazing team. Like I had this woman that I played poker with and she pushed me and pushed me and pushed me and she taught me everything I needed to know. And I was really lucky to have her. And then I harassed Andrew until he went to lunch with me 
went to lunch with Andrew, and then he answered would answer any question I had, never treated me like a competitor, tried his best to help me every step of the way, was an amazing human being as a whole, love everything about him. If I hey, I need help with a lender. Here's five lenders. Hey, I need this. You know, he would just do anything I needed and I would harass him and he was an amazing person. So what would be your advice uh for somebody that's wanting to build that team or build uh, those mentors, because some people are like, well, I don't have any of those connections. Uh, so like, I, I think that's more of an excuse than anything. My opinion, uh, you just go out there and you just get it done. Like I, I, I hate like real estate in my opinion. I'm sorry if this offends anybody, but I think it's full of fake and I hate fake. I hate, I hate it with a passion and there's a lot of fake out there. And so like, I'll, I'll I, I tried to build like real connections. And so like, I, I went to like the REI groups and then like you watch like one person, like all of a sudden becomes the dominant one and then they get a flock and then, and trying to compete for that guy's attention. I have no desire to do that. That's not me. Um, so I just try to, I just, I, I'll just knock on door. Hey, Andrew, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? I even tried to hit up Mike. I'll try to hit up everybody. I don't care. I just want to learn. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, I just like I that, just that's a crucial skill. Just being open, willing to learn, will you know, and you're looking for real people, real relationships yeah. like you're talking about and that will actually lead to help and growth on yeah, both like, sides. I want to help them just as much as they want to help. Like I will do anything in the world for if someone will help me. Like cuz I I haven't gotten a lot of help in my life. So when I get help, I will go above and beyond in every state of the way because I've never I feel getting help feels weird cuz I've never gotten help in my life, right? So when you get that help, you're like, "Oh my god." This is amazing. Mm -hmm. I would love to help this person. Yeah. And you'll see most mentors, and maybe you're probably to that point where you're mentoring and helping other people. I am, actually. Um, and, and Lincoln is, too, and Jake is, too. Most mentors are uh, have the... Um, uh, what's it called the the complex where there's enough for everybody you yeah know? that's what that's you know what, what i mean the abundance yeah mindset. the abundance mindset that's what that's it is. what interests i mean i mean andrew is is a great guy he's he's a good local guy um who's helped probably every one of us in this room but any mentor you find that's a good mentor there's enough for everybody yeah i mean there are not enough houses for five guys or ten guys or hundreds thousands of people I agree. so I, I think that's a good thing to recognize when you're, you're finding right. a mentor or if you're you know being a mentor you know and, and it comes with a little bit of a caveat because i've helped some people too and i see them get really good deals and there's a little bit of uh healthy jealousy there like mm -hmm. oh man like that is a good deal and i'm happy for them and in the back of your brain you know i wish it would have it <laughs> but, hey, it, but still just to be clear there's nothing wrong with that you're allowed to want the, those resources yeah but you can still be happy for a person like i'm not gonna lie to you if i help you and you make 70k i wish i had 70k <laughs> but good for you right? yeah exactly there's but, nothing wrong with that but you know helping people is good and i feel like that's that's the way you know keep the ball rolling keep the cycle because people helped us and then yep. we help people and that's how it is I, i've had a lot of that with john mitchell who's my normal co-host on the podcast uh because but lincoln's been, awesome yeah but well, i'm here lincoln's <laughs> fantastic john you you've got you got to step up man lincoln might be no but uh john uh he's bought a lot of good deals oh <laughs> he just tried calling mike uh he's bought like some good deals that i'm like I was happy for him, but I was like, "Dang it, man! I wish I, I wish I had that." You know, it's like, or, or uh, he'll get it from you know Mike or Lincoln, and I'm like, "Why aren't these guys giving me the freaking deals?" Because I haven't bought one from them yet. I'm still on the whiteboard, though. That's right. You're on the board. You're on the board. So, you're you're below my name on the whiteboard, yeah. man. I'm, I'm the last name on the whiteboard. Listen to this. I call a wholesaler one time. I forget what it was, it was on Lone Pine, East Lone Pine. I call him. He's like. Yeah, I'm going for the showing. I'm pretty sure I'll sell it in that showing. So, sorry, you're probably going to miss out. And I said, hey, 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 
what can I do to get in? I said, I'll give you 500 bucks. Just let me come look at it. And he goes, man, it's it's probably already sold. I said, come on, man. And he wouldn't let me in. No. Would you let me in if I, I offered I would you 500? Let you, yeah, of course. I, I said, <laughs> I'll probably pay you exactly what you're asking for. Yeah. Cash. Yeah, just and let me said, in. It's probably sold with this group, though, man. Mm. I tried so hard to get in. But that that's kind of cool because now you know you can go back to him and he's not going to try to scam you out of money. No, because, and that's, I mean, he could have. That's great, but I wanted that house. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm very – so, like, I'm very aggressive. And when I, when I see something I want, I, I, I always get what I want. No, almost always. So if I don't get what I want, like, man, it just doesn't, doesn't feel right. Like, I was trying to throw money at this guy. I wanted it so bad. <laughs> What what some what would be some advice you would give somebody that's either just started in real estate investing or is wanting to get started? Um, what advice would you give them? Uh, I mean, analysis paralysis is terrible. Um, a lot of people get stuck with that. Um, just taking like you can't see the forest through the trees type of thing. Like just take one step in front of the other. Like all you need to do is just take one step. What should I do next? And focus on that. And don't worry about all the other crap. Obviously, make sure your numbers work. But once you make sure your numbers work, one step in front of the other and just go. Stop, like, looking for reasons not to succeed and just try. Because as long as you know what worst case scenario is and you're okay with that, just go. What would you say keeps you motivated to, to looking for deals and working on real estate each and every day? Because you, you don't have a job, you don't have a structure, but you're just going at it and doing deals. What kind of... Uh, keeps you motivated to to moving forward on it. So I I, I listen to a lot of po- I love it first of all, but I listen to like a lot of podcasts and one this one stuck with me and I know it was a Brandon Turner podcast, but I can't tell you the episode or anything like that. But he's listening, watching this guy, and this guy goes, every day I make sure I do one thing to expand my real estate empire, and he says I don't care if that's taking one piece of paper from a printer and putting it in a scanner and then not even scanning it. I will do one thing consistently mm. every day to grow my my empire. And I love it. I just look at it as like, to be honest, and this sounds really nerdy, I look at it as a video game and I'm growing my empire and I'm growing my high score and it's super fun and I enjoy it. And I just go do that. And I just, every day I go out there and look at it and it's so fun to watch something go from like, like one of the houses I had homeless people living in it and now it looks amazing. I would live in it, right? Doing that type of stuff is fun to me. Like I enjoy it. I, I wouldn't do any of this if I didn't enjoy it. Right, right. It's that real life monopoly, right? Just uh, you're hey, just playing the game. My first house is green. I painted it green for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> no joke. Yeah, I'm serious. The one off of uh, you'll you'll see it. It's over there, uh, 602 East Edgewood. You can go look at it. Uh-huh. I painted it green, and I painted it green for monopoly. And now you need to get a blue hotel. I, I, now you need to get a no, blue hotel. No, the hotels are red. Red, Mike. Oh, red hotel. Dang it. <laughs> I, and I'm working on a hotel. I, I'm, I called two leads recently. I uh, I think we're running out of time, and I feel like there's so much stuff we haven't even talked about. We haven't. Uh, I think I sidetracked it. You can blame me. No, that's good. We like to fire from the hip, <laughs> this so this is great. is great. Is there any other questions you guys want to ask before we kind of go into the last part of the segment? Yeah, last question. So you're you're a pretty confident guy, pretty aggressive guy. You have a lot of good things going for you. And would you bet everything you have right now on a poker game? If no. you could, if you could double or triple what you have now in one game, 0%. would you do it? You no. wouldn't do it because if you look at it right, like uh, I showed you my numbers. If you look at my, my win rate, my win rate's like sixty four percent, right? Okay. So that means I'm going to lose thirty six percent of the time. I can't deal with losing everything I have thirty six percent of the time, even if I'm doubling or tripling. It's not like that. It. It's not a gamble to you. It's it's calculated risk. It's yeah. it's success over time. It's, just to be clear, repetition. it's definitely not gambling. No, because. Uh, no. uh, uh, like you're looking at ranges, you're looking at the math behind it, and it, it, it's all like uh, 
Like it's gambling. It can be gambling if you don't know what you're doing. Like uh, if you're just going there to play to have fun, you're just shoving your money in, just having fun. That is gambling. But when I play, it's not gambling. Right. Right. Dude, I want to hang out with you more. You should. Yeah. You're freaking awesome. Uh, so we're going to go to the last segment of the podcast, and I don't know if I sent you the questionnaire on you it. You did, and I dreaded it because I don't read a lot of books, but I try. <laughs> we'll, but go we'll, ahead. We'll go right into it. So the first question is, is what's the most recent book you've read, and what's one thing you've learned from it? So uh, the f- most recent book I completed was Property Management by Brandon Turner, and it was because I wanted to uh, make sure my property managers weren't screwing me. I don't know the right way to go about it. <laughs> and so I, I was just, uh, I made sure to read it so that way I could make sure they, they knew what they were doing and they were doing the right things. Um, so for example, you know, 3X rent, he's really big on credit score. I'm not as big on credit score, um, and th- but just going through all those things and then just making sure my property manager fits those things without them knowing I know it, right, as I'm interviewing him. Or, uh, uh, yeah, basically that book. The other book I'm, I'm currently reading, which I haven't finished, is on um, taxes. Because I, I want to. Is double. that the bigger pockets one on taxes? No, it's a different one. It's okay. amazing. It's written by tax professionals for real estate. They don't love real estate. They love taxes, but it's not boring. Um, and I'm like halfway done, and I'm I'm listening to it to make sure I can double check my accountant. Right. So that's uh, awesome and smart. That, yeah. but I'm not done with that yet. Uh, second question is: What's one principle you strive to live your life by? I, I just like being. I just like to take one day at a time and just be as happy as I can every day. And if something makes me unhappy, I just don't do it. That's awesome. Plain and simple. Just a follow-up question with that, though. What like, what do you feel like gives you the happiness? Because I think there's a lot of anxiety and depression in the world, and that's a whole other topic we can get into. But what keeps you happy? Like, are there daily di- so, things you do to do that? No, no. I mean, not really, to be honest. My kids, my wife, they, they like, when I, I can have the worst day, and I can see my kids smile none of it matters right yeah. but uh like i had anxiety going on this right not not because just because i've never done it and so like anxiety and all that stuff is is normal but if you tell yourself like hey anytime i have that anxiety that that's me being uncomfortable and uncomfortable is growth then at that point you're you're in a great spot and so that that's kind of like um what i'll tell myself and then i'll always try something for a first time and then if i dislike it then i can at least make a good ed- educated decision on it awesome Last question. Uh, what has been one of the greatest piece of advice you've been given? Mm, I don't I don't really know. I guess it would have to be like Marsha getting me into real estate, even if it all goes boom and, and I fail. This has been really fun. I love it. And I, I, don't, I, I can't see it. Like IT, I was getting kind of sick of it. I did that for a while. And like basically all IT is is like, hey, I'm lazy and I don't want to do it. Can you figure it out? And then you have to do a bunch of research and figure it out for people. And you just <laughs> become a wizard where like, uh, real estate is just, I don't know. Your own, you, you are your own wizard now. Yeah. You figure you it out. You just do it for yourself and it's a lot more fun. If someone's paying you, you know, 50K a year, they're probably making 50K off of you too, right? That's crazy. Josh, this has been awesome. We definitely need to get you back on the podcast because you have great energy and uh, there's you have a cool story. So no, we'll definitely I definitely have to get it. you back on, man. Hey, I just enjoyed like hanging out with you guys. It just felt more like hanging out than anything. So thank you guys. Right? Yeah. Cool. It was great meeting you guys. Cool. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the Growth Circle Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, connect with Jake and John on Instagram at Jake Engledew and at John underscore the underscore builder. Until next time.